This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by The Trash Can. Do you struggle with finding a place to dispose of your used Rogaine bottles? Does it haunt you that you have to keep all those terrible dance moves because there is no place to rid yourself of them? Or maybe your name is Frodo Baggins and have nightmares about hiking through Mordor trying to find a place to discard of the ring to rule them all. Well, I'm here to tell you that Gandalf did not die, and in fact, he brought the perfect solution to your disposal needs. Throw those used Rogaine bottles into a trash can. Hey Frodo, no one has time to climb mountains barefoot. Tell Bilbo to throw the ring into a trash can. And spare us six movies and four books. Hey Whack Dancers, take that goofy floss move you love to do and floss yourself right into a trash can. You can obtain a trash can at your local municipality and help clean up this beautiful world. And now, on to the show. In today's episode, I talk with a dancer I've known since I first began battling. He's a member of San Jose, California's very own hybrid crew, a crew that I've personally battled many times as a young b-boy and wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for the rivalry we shared. As I grew older and got to know this guy more, I grew a deep respect for his hard work, hustle, and dedication to bettering himself and the hip-hop community around him. I'm excited to sit down with my friend, Tech. Please enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Noise of the Broke Boys. This is your boy, Kurt, and I'm here with my friend, Tech, from Hybrid Crew. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. Just wrapped up a show with my friend Emiko, and I think it went re- really well. And now I got you on here. Um, and so, uh, for people who don't know, you are from the San Jose scene, the California San Jose scene, um, uh, as a as a b boy, right? Um, how did you get involved in breaking in hip hop first? Yeah, it really. Um I was surrounded by it in middle school where there are a lot of dancers uh, yeah. and they're just learning break in and everyone was uh, doing the flow arts with the glow sticks and all that. Mm. But no one really taught me, but, and I was always on the side. I was yeah. curious, but no one ever showed it to me until in high school where um, I started wrestling and I started Aikido and then mm. that's where um, I got to mess around. and You beat him up and made him <laughs> teach you? <laughs> yeah. It was just like, um, and on top of that, I was starting to work out in middle school and high school. Okay. And I got kind of tired of working out. Yeah. It was just getting boring. And I looked towards. You were like buff for no reason. And you're like, <laughs> I need to do something with these muscles. Pretty much, you know, um, trying to flex in a more creative way. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, what no. it was. Uh, and then I saw that, you know. And even in high school, uh, I come from Limbrook, uh, mm-hmm. near Cupertino. Uh, we there's just a lot of people dancing. Um, in within my class, there are like a lot of people in color guard, a lot of people in cheerleading, mm. uh, a lot of people doing. Even our, we had every homecoming, we had this like skit um, that we do for the whole school mm-hmm. for each class. And our class had the most dance numbers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> senior year we had like Bollywood in there. Oh, we that's had, like, cool. Guys dance, guys advance dance, girls dance, girls advance, couples dance. Yeah. Oh, nice. All of that. So I was just surrounded by it. And then um, the guys, the B-boys in my class were really good. Um, they yeah. were the guys who just pretty much uh, watched the Battle of the Year tapes and just like okay. did a lot of their stuff. But uh-huh. they're good at that. <laughs> they're good. <laughs> they're yeah. good at biting. <laughs> yeah. Um, back then, it was like uh, whoever had like the most flares had like. The oh, most yeah. Yeah. 
who it's pretty much instead of because our uh, sports team were really bad. No, our football oh, team yeah. sucked balls. Man, we, that's like my high school. Yeah. Our sports were like all right. <laughs> and um yeah, I don't know. But then yeah, we had our like all of our B boys and we um mm-hmm. uh yeah, if you had the most flares, you were the coolest person. And I had exactly. zero flares, so I was like <laughs> zero cool. Well, yeah, my 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 high school is exactly the same. <laughs> and I was there too. I was just like <laughs> Damn, these guys can do a flare mills combo like nothing. Yeah, and then here I am with like a freeze. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think I learned a windmill till like I was out of high school, and then I was like, "Oh, hey, look at me! I can, I can do." And then all the high school kids are like, "Oh, yeah, that's cool, I guess." But now you're old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, that's funny because yeah, when there's like our sports team really sucked, but. The people who dance are like the jocks of our school. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I got into it, and then by senior year, I was able to throw down like windmills and nice. flares, um, and then barely halos. I was probably the only one learning halos back mm. then. Um, the other guys were learning elbow air flares and air flares. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I was also trying at air flares by senior year. Okay. Um, yeah, so those were like the big moves. Um, and there is still footage, actually, of our homecoming skit <laughs> on oh, YouTube. Really? If, you want, if you look up 2005, oh, I might have to. Yeah, it, I was I was really bad. Um, I tried my I crashed my Halo <laughs> on my who? solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who? Well, who is good back then? <laughs> oh yeah, there was oh, oh, the old school in my high school. Like actually, I remember Drift being really good. Yeah, but they they're from the east side, San Jose. Okay, well, I'm on the west side. Oh, okay. totally different. Like. Bubbles. I was in my. I would say I was in my own bubble at mm. Cupertino, uh, and actually, I've heard a lot of stories of the B boys before our classes. There would be like really crazy dudes with shirtless would throw down in the middle of the quad on concrete. Oh, damn. windmills <laughs> like really old school good windmills. That's that, crazy. There's like another school, Cupertino High. They had like B boys that's like really dope, and they can. Um, you know, do flips and everything. So yeah. actually one time I would see someone just had like a little in the parking lot, you know, with the cars. It's almost like a scene from uh, too, uh, like too Fast, Too Fierce. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, where there's like, they have a cypher in the middle of the cars. Oh. <laughs> and then we, I happened to drive by. I was like, whoa, what is that? Oh, Turned shit. around. I was like, oh, damn, they're dancing. <laughs> and I called one of the guys out and he smoked the hell out of me. Oh. Back then I barely had like, any like uh, hand hop and the freeze, and this guy did like crazy hand hops, backflip, and oh, then crap. flares. I was like, Dang. okay, you got me, <laughs> and then I left. <laughs> was Vin Diesel there at all? <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be. Yeah. Actually, back then the car culture was like pretty hot too. The, oh, okay. The import culture. Um, and yeah, that was probably like early two thousands, right? Yeah, all the when I was like a freshman, um, all the upperclassmen they all had. Really like rice rockets and yeah. muscle cars and that was like one. yeah, um, and then I was like oh when I grow up I probably get like you know, one of the one of the, the cars to get the chicks but <laughs> in the end by senior I only had a Honda Accord <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yeah I I was like oh yeah I'll get all these these girls with this car and then I had a Ford Tempo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was busted it <laughs> it was a piece of crap. Um, yeah. But yeah, back then, cars and dance was like the culture at uh, where I am at. Okay, cool. And so, uh, so that's how you got 
involved in breaking and then yeah. like how are you introduced into like the 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 rest of the scene like the rest of the hip-hop scene oh yeah that's a crazy thing i keep so my um i'm actually kind of like the outsider in the core group of like the b-boys at my high school mm. and they went to i think they went to um probably an out for fame mm-hmm. or one of the jams um in the bay that was like huge and they came back with like stories about how like crazy the jam was. And yeah, I yeah. hear about it. I was like, what is this? Like, I didn't even know what a jam was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I was interested, but I didn't want to be like, like uh, the kid who'd be like, yo, what is that? Or like, hey, l- let me in on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I try to play it cool and try to kind of figure it out like on my own. Um, and then uh, when I started looking around for, oh, it was when I had, um, Auto Tech at De Anza <laughs> uh-huh. College. Um, there's a class for you know um, working on cars, uh-huh. and there's some b boys there from another school, and they're oh. like saying how um, oh they they knew I kind of break, mm-hmm. so they're like saying if, if they're asking me if I go to practice at the YMCA, at the local YMCA. Okay, and I was like, no, what is that? And it's like mm-hmm. that's when I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to this practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember it was Saturday, and then as soon as I found out about it, that was like the one thing in the week that I look forward to every week. Yeah. Um, and then it was at the w- practice where I start hearing jams, like we turn on the B-Boy. Was Oh, um, yeah. Okay, I think I was at that jam. Man, that was so long ago. Yeah, I keep hearing about Return of the B-Boy. Um, it was just a jam in Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, kind of like hovering <laughs> mm-hmm. to m- see if anyone could kind of like pick up that i'm interested and luckily yeah. uh one of the homie he was like yeah um, you trying to go i was like yeah oh, sure i played it cool but inside i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> i want to get in on this uh, yeah. jam and that was my first jam return of the b-boy That's tight. 13 i think it's the last one at mitchell park uh-huh. Toronto. Yeah. yeah the i remember going to the last one so that was probably the one that i was at yeah well, i think it was like 2005 probably yeah um, yeah yep yeah that was like, yeah, it was I, huge too. I remember DSD one did some crazy crap there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was a ton of good crews there. Yeah, uh, Oakland Breakers were there. Yeah, Renegades, um, Headhunters, yeah, Headhunters. Everybody was there. When there was yeah. like so much beef going on, I was like, "What's going on?" Cyphers. Everybody. Yeah. So when I breaked, I was like, "Okay." I watched like I remember watching some of like the old Cujo videos, like. Mm-hmm. ads you know of him throwing stuff and then that's all i had and i didn't uh-huh. know about footwork really yeah 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 and then when i went to the jam it's like everyone is like moving two times speed i was like whoa how can you move so fast <laughs> and then i was like yeah. first time really seeing like real footwork oh yeah and then on the other side i see like a nerdy asian kid doing a rollback air chair like oh solid shit. air chair i was like Damn, even the nerdy kid can, like, <laughs> hit some crazy stuff. Yeah, and then you find out it's Johnny Awful or something, <laughs> and you're like, oh, no wonder he can do that. That's crazy. But, yeah, um, Return of the B-Boy was, like, hype. There was, like, a line out the door kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I have a similar kind of upbringing a little bit. I mean, yeah. I started in high school, and then... Um, Actually, the way that I got involved with the scene was we 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 were known a little bit because we were like battling like other schools mm-hmm. like or I, we would just kind of like go and hang out with some people. And then we'd go, like, oh, they got B-boys here. And then we just battle them or whatever. And there was this other crew from a different high school that was in the 
South Sac. I was I was in North Sac, and so these guys came over and just it was just two of them, and they came to <laughs> they just battled us, and I guess they kept going to all these schools to battle everybody, and and so they battled us, and we like smoked them, and they were like, oh hey, you want to hang out? And then <laughs> they just started inviting us to sessions, which were yeah. like in downtown Sac, um, at this place called the Washington Center, which is like the freaking hoodest place ever <laughs> i mean it, and then it was like falling apart but yeah. they had this little air this like rec room area in the back that was um uh they let us break in it was i think it was just a storage room now that i think about it because <laughs> there was like freaking boxes all over the place yeah. and the room was dirty af <laughs> uh and anyway so like every time we braked um we would clean the floor because it was like hell dirty. I mean, like if you touched the ground, your hand was like black. And so I think they liked us being there because we would clean the floor <laughs> before we oh, practice. Wow. But anyways, so like I remember going there um, and then just hanging out with those people. That's how I met uh, Swells. Okay. And um, I don't know if you remember Freak Rock. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those guys. Um, and so we would always train together. This was when I was in high school, probably like sophomore. And um, then they just started telling us about different jams and stuff. So we would just go. And I think the first jam I went to was uh, Floor Tactics. It was in Sacramento. I don't know if you remember that one. Probably, actually. It was a Flex Flav jam. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Um, but if it's, like, somewhere along 05 or after. Um, it was, <laughs> this was 2001. Oh, damn. No, yeah. wait. Yeah, probably 2001, I think. Yeah, that's before. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, like, barely breaked at that point. Um, but, so, that, but, yeah, Machine versus Miracles was, like, a big, hot um, exhibition battle there. Mm -hmm. that, that was right when both of them were starting to blow up. Mm -hmm. um, but, anyways, that was the first one I ever saw, and that was really cool. Um, but just, like. You know, seeing like a real air flare in person, you're like, oh, <laughs> dang. And actually, Cujo was at that jam. Cujo, oh, yeah. Cujo it was a three on three Cujo, uh, Robzilla, and Stuntman entered together. And that was the first time I seen any of them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I remember seeing Cujo, and he did his, um, he did his, uh, I don't know what he calls it, but it's like the planche one where he like walks in a Mary circle. Merry go rounds. It's a merry, yeah, it's, but it was like the, the like oh. really low Mario go go around. Yeah. And, um, and it was really slow too. And I was like, oh my God, I just entered the matrix. Like, I, <laughs> I seriously was like, dude, what just happened? This is like the craziest thing ever. Yeah. And then, uh, it was the same jam that Robzilla did this super crazy move where he went on his elbow and he just kind of walks in a circle and then he jumps up and just does like, it looks like a head spin, but he's on his elbow, elbow tip yeah. and he just drills it. He did like two or three spins, and that crap blew my mind. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta like practice." <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. I think Ronnie, it was Ronnie, um, Little Rock, and Ben that entered the jam and won. And they, I think they beat them in the uh, Cujo's team in the finals. Oh. From what I remember, but yeah, but it was a crazy jam. By the time I kind of, like, roll around, everybody was, like, had some sort of crazy stuff, like, mm -hmm. crazy power. And then at the local practice at the Y, um, the people running um, the practice, they, they were pretty good, too. Um, it was Richard and Jimmy. 
Um, and Jimmy was the first time I saw like legit air flares mm-hmm. and really good air flares, elbow air flares. And he has like all sorts of flips. And mm. I was like, damn. Um, and that what? Uh, and I learned a lot from him. I learned my halos. Uh, I learned my elbow air flares and air flares from this guy. Mm. Um, and yeah, after that, I just learned more about practice spots and just go to all of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. In uh, Palo Alto, San Jose, Eastside San Jose. And that's when I started seeing more of the San Jose people or okay. um, like hybrid and headhunters and mm-hmm. all the um, all the other b-boys in um, San Jose. Although I came in after Hank Lopez. Uh, I think yeah. right when Hank Lopez closed is really when I started coming out. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, hybrid saw me um, at a lot more practices. And that's when um, we started to click. Yeah. Back then, yeah, hybrid was also like coming up. Um, and they were the guys I looked up to uh, yeah. back then, too. Um, and then I guess the one thing that uh, really stood out to me back in high school of breaking was um, this dance competition in um, Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. So there's a teen center in Santa Clara, and they had, like, a random dance competition in the middle of a dance. Um, mm. So I, I, I don't know how I even ended up there, yeah. but uh, I guess through the word of mouth, I just come out to all the dance things yeah and then i was like yeah i'm out there and then there was a competition i was like all right i'll just enter it and it's not strictly a b-boy competition it was like just a dance competition and the crowd was just the judge okay uh and then with with the mc who's like facilitating it okay and i was uh and i made it to the semis on that one um and it made a huge impact on me because on all the other jams i went to or battled in no, as a kid back then, I couldn't even do anything. I couldn't even uh-huh. make past prelims, so I got nothing out of it, and I I didn't understand too much about bowling back then. So this like having extra experience of just like working working the crowd and you know responding to the other person more okay. that really gave me um, a lot more motivation, a lot more experience, and that was actually what inspired me to really. Um, do Cypher Cup, which is my one of my like mm-hmm. favorite jams to throw. Yeah, yeah. W- did you start Cypher Cup or w- was that Swahili? Or? No, um, it was me. Um, okay. All the hybrid jams was really like me. Um, pay- big payback. Yeah. Um, pain dues, all of that. Uh, it was because I started after I got into college. Mm-hmm. Um, I my my ex at the time pushed me to teach dancing instead of working at like Jamba Juice or mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so because I started teaching at the YMCA at uh, two other dance studios um, I have access to these uh, spaces okay and since I have access to these spaces and Evade came back one of my crewmates uh, yeah yeah like one of my big inspiration in the crew he flew back from New York and he's in town and I was like yo we and I think he moved back uh, at that time I was like, oh, we got to do something to you know, get the whole crew to, together. Yeah. And Drift was a DJ at the time, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I have all the ingredients for a jam. <laughs> yeah. The DJ and A-Game was an MC back then, uh-huh. too. So I was like, I got an MC. We got legit judges that Everything, people yeah. kind of, like, respect. We have we kind of have a name in the Bay for a little bit mm-hmm. that people can be like, all right, you know, they know us. Yeah. And if we throw a jam, then people will come through. Yeah. So, yeah, the first jam was actually... Um, uh, pain dues mm-hmm. in 06, 07. Yeah, you guys 07. have been doing it for a while. Yeah, at the Y. Um, but 
originally I wanted to have a jam just for the kids, the high school kids. Okay. But then when I proposed a jam to the crew, they wanted more. They wanted yeah. bigger. So they want to be like, oh, let's make it uh, 2v2 with like a $500 cash prize. Mm-hmm. Back then it was like, oh, yeah, 500 How can we come up with 500 yeah. bucks? But we um, went to, oh, so Evade taught us how to raise money uh, doing street shows, um, the New York style. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back then, we thought we, you know, street shows is just, you just cipher and then had a hat out and then yeah. maybe hope for like a dollar. <laughs> no, you, you need a guy that's like on the microphone telling jokes and stuff. And yep. So, Evade yeah. taught us all of that and yeah. we went to Monterey. And oh, okay. Fourth uh, of July, it was a Fourth of July weekend. We made 500 bucks in like, like less than an hour. Yeah, yeah. And, but then we got kicked out because <laughs> yep. of the cops. Um, yeah, that was the only time that we really like, no, I think we did another um, street show too, um, downtown San Jose. Okay. And that was just enough to cover all our costs. For that's tight. <laughs> that's, that's a tight hustle. Yeah. So um, we never came out negative. We you know, were able to fund it. Yeah. And then when it's like crew run, then, you know, we made it happen. So that was um, the big, yeah, uh, bringing the whole crew together was so, it was really, uh, it was really fun. Yeah, that's, that's tight. I mean, that's a, that's a really good story. Yeah. Just like, cause, like, because I've done some street shows where we were like, it wasn't to like raise money for like a jam or anything. It was just yeah. like, oh, dude, I need a, I just need to get some money to eat or something. <laughs> so we would like go do some shows. <laughs> but yeah, there. It was like when you would go somewhere where there's like a lot of people. Like in Sacramento, actually, it was like in um, old Sacramento where there's like all these old town buildings and stuff. It's like a hot place for visitors to come and. They'd always do this jazz festival, so we would go out there, and we were like in high school, and we don't know what the heck we're doing. We're just, we would just cipher, but we would make a lot of money, <laughs> and so we were like, oh, hell yeah, and then we just bounce, and then like um, stuff, but you had to be careful, because there's people that would rob you once in a while. Like, yeah. We got robbed a couple times, actually. <laughs> they like, but you guys had a crew, though. We had a crew, but yeah, so... Did they have like uh, at gunpoint, or... Well... So the one, the one that I remember, uh, we were just breaking in this one p- part. We had like a hat down. People were putting money in. And then this one dude, he just comes up. He looked like he was oh, drunk or something. And he's just like dancing. And then he just grabs the money in the hat and then just starts walking off. And we're like, what the hell? And we just start chasing this dude. And then right when we run around the corner, we see his whole crew of people. And they're all like older than us, like 25 or something probably. And so he's got, like, probably five dudes with him around the corner. And it was, we were, like, we probably had five people, I think, at that time. Yeah. yeah. We run around the corner, and we see that. And then the dude just, like, lifts up his shirt, and he has a gun there. And we're, like, oh. And we just bounced. Because it was only, at that point, there was only, like, maybe 100 bucks in there. And we're, like, yeah. dang, dude, it's not worth this. Yeah. So we just bounced. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, that, that happened once. There was another time where a dude just, like, grabbed it and ran. And we didn't know where he went. It was, like, dark at that time. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, so yeah. got to be careful with that stuff. But. Yeah, that, those definitely didn't happen to us. Because, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, where we were in Monterey and even, like, downtown San Jose, it wasn't, like, that bad. It was just, like, uh, Monterey was just, like, tourist attraction. And same with downtown's more, like, chill. Um, and we had, we had a pretty good squad. And, you know, with Evade, 
no one would fuck with <laughs> someone yeah, like that. Yeah, he made it. <laughs> he's like the nicest guy, but he's like freaking yeah. Debo muscles. He he has the intimidation factor, like yeah. the look to him. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a lot of jams. <laughs> I forget which jam it was. I think I won it, actually. It was in San Jose, but I remember he was going to fight somebody, and he was just like this, and like he had... <laughs> I just remember like five people just holding him back and he's just like walking forward, just pulling them. And I was like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. It was crazy. I, I know that jam. It was a jam in San Jose. Um, yeah. It was one of Bobby V's jam. Yeah, I think so. And then, um, who was it? I think it's it might be someone's uh, talking shit to his. Um, um, so I think Fernando or Ralph, which is like um, one out of homies. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was his brother. But yeah, it was just getting heated. And then yeah. I was way in the back in the gym yeah. and watching the battle. And then, yeah, he was about to get in. He was yelling. And then he was going in. Yeah. People were holding him back from yeah. like, fighting. It just and looked like the Hulk. And then, like, the, like, someone would grab him and hold him back. And he's just like, mm mm. And then he, like, gets a little more green. And then more people <laughs> grab him. And he Dude. gets a little more green. And he's just growing and walking. And I'm like, oh, crap, it's about to go down. Yeah, he, he was literally moving a whole crowd with him. The whole crowd. <laughs> Because the whole crowd was trying to hold him back, but it was just moving <laughs> towards the other guy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. No, I, I think it was, it might be someone, it might be Freak Rock or, I don't know, someone who was, like, talking something. I don't um, think it was Freak Rock because he wasn't there. Because if he was there, he would have entered with me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was me, my brother, and Chai, uh, Swells. We entered, I don't remember if we won or got, to, I think we did really good, though. We at least yeah. got to the finals, I think. But I remember that was like a cypher battle that was happening. And then it was just like, Evade is just pulling the No, it was an whole actual thing. battle. Was it? Oh, maybe yeah. it was. Well, Evade was not in that battle, though. He was, oh, okay. Maybe he was just, um, uh, hold, like, he was just trying to hold it down for the homies. Yeah. And then just, he was just not taking it. He had all of San Jose <laughs> just holding him back. And he's like, yeah. nope, I'm Evade. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> it was like the juggernaut just... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but and then I think I remember talking to him afterwards, and he's just like, "Oh man, I was just mad, whatever." And yeah. he's like, "Hella nice after that." <laughs> he's a funny. super, he's a super nice guy. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. But I when he's riled guy. up, he's like riled up. <laughs> yeah, no. that's uh, that's uh, evade for you. Yeah, no, evade is dope. <laughs> um, so okay, so uh, I guess so, so. Let's talk a little bit more about um, like Cipher Cup and like how yeah, like what. Because you started as, like, this thing to get younger people more involved in the scene and stuff, mm -hmm. and it's kind of grown a lot, and now you do it kind of as a yearly event that, like, I mean, it seems like it's one of the bigger events nowadays, at least yeah. in the, like, Northern California area. Um, how do you feel about that, and what are what are you trying to build with that? And um, Yeah, um, I guess, you know, when it was, like, 2007 on like I kind of I could feel the scene kind of like oh the Bay Area scene was not what it used to be mm -hmm. um, it used to be a jam every weekend yeah and now it's not like and that. then all the heavy hitters would be there people would fly out for Bay Area yeah events. yeah um, I think it's because every city had a big crew mm -hmm. that just rolled through you know you had Renegades you had Head Energy you had Hybrid you had um, Rock Force, you had Flex, mm -hmm. you had uh, DSD One, like so. Yep. There's like every area had this like representative crew that's just coming through and just wrecking it. Yep. And there was, I think, more of a 
like a, a city kind of thing, you know, where it's like, oh, it's like San Jose versus San Francisco today. Let's see what happens, you know. Yeah, and everybody's good from their own respective like yeah, areas, yeah. Uh, in their own way. It's, it's just it was amazing back then. Yeah, it's di it's different now because I don't think it's like such a, a city by city kind of thing. Yeah, you know, there, I guess there's less. Uh, what would you call it? Less of a like a. Um, a segregated community and they're more like together now so it's kind of like the whole bay area scene is like <laughs> you know like one <laughs> one yeah which is cool too but you don't have that rivalry i think that you used to back in the day yeah and you don't have that like a tight kind of kinmanship um where, yeah you know um you have your crew and you kind of like stick with your crew yeah um, crews have disappeared i think uh, largely yeah, um, I think, like, the transition was probably when people were growing up and then they were mm -hmm. trying to make make something happen. Yeah. Usually from, you know, where we are in NorCal, uh, people would try to make it down here in Hollywood, trying to do, um, yeah, try to take that next step in dance or whatever they could make of themselves. Yeah. And so that includes a lot of, like, the big names, a lot of people that I look up to. Mm -hmm. Um, they look to you know Hollywood um, to see to for the next thing. Yeah. Um, so that kind of left a gap in the scene. I feel that whole um, yeah L A thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be good for them to hold animosity towards each other because they would lose work. Basically. Yeah. And yeah, the more we go to the jams, the more we see each other. It's like okay, you know we're we start to understand. Okay, we're all like in the same community now. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I think it was um, Cypher Cup really came out because it was just a, a because of the impact I knew it had on the kids. And I knew how many kids there were that were, like, learning breaking in high school. Because when I taught um, dance, like, this, it was way bigger than how it was for me in high school, mm -hmm. too. Um, at least when I was teaching um, in, at my high school in Libbrook. They had like a, uh, up to like 30, 40 kids in the uh, b-boy club. Yeah. And it was just amazing. And I knew we something needs to happen mm -hmm. with these kids. Uh, going back to my original like kind of hunch about making a small jam just for these um, smaller kids who never had a chance on a real jam. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that blew up. There was so much energy. Um, so it started in 2009. Um, and I knew some b-boys within the scene, the older b-boys within the scene would say, Oh yeah, our scene kind of died. No, what happened to the crowd? Uh, the crowd is dead. Blah blah blah. But then I was like, no. Have you come to Cypher Cup? Have yeah. you seen these? How hyped these kids are? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even matter what level these guys are at. Yeah, they're just hype. Exactly because yeah. they're like they have the energy. You know, when you're young and you're learning something new and you people like throwing themselves <laughs> yeah. into moves, it, it just brings it back. Um, you just gotta hit it like the right way with the right group of people uh -huh. and present it like kind of like in a fresh way um which i try to keep it small um i don't believe in big venues mm -hmm. which is why like, i try to avoid like uh having jams at gyms like a gym yeah. Uh, because i want a jam is a social thing you know um and I need to make people rub shoulders. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because you kind of like, so that they can actually uh, have a space to interact. Yeah. Because if you have too much of a space, it, it depends. If you have a big jam, yeah, you f you, if you can fill up a gym, yeah. do that. But it, I my, my jams don't really fill up that much. So, um, so my jams don't 
fill that bring many that many people so i like it smaller mm -hmm. and that worked really well because you know um you have ciphers going on mm -hmm. because if you have too much dead space ciphers are kind of weird <laughs> yeah they do look kind of weird because yeah. you have like a circle here mm -hmm. and a circle like it's like a practice spot. Feet. Yeah, it is a practice <laughs> spot. Yeah. So I don't want a practice spot. I want like uh, a you space. want some drama a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's why my first event was at like a small dance studio, just for the kids. And then we had an idea of doing a Shark Tank. Um, this was way, oh yeah yeah. This was before the Cipher Prelims was a thing, mm -hmm. and but but where the reason why I brought that in was because um, by the time it was like oh seven oh eight oh nine. The ciphers were kind of dead. Yeah. Like, people were more practicing in their own circles than having real ciphers. And that's when um, the idea actually came from Drift. Uh, at one of his jams, we saw outside the venue, there's, like, a weird cage. I guess it was, like, a f small little patch of grass, like, uh -huh. the size of a cipher. Yeah. That's, like, fenced off for some reason. <laughs> <What? laughs> we are like... Why is this patch of grass fenced off? <laughs> <Some> special grass. <laughs> and, we're, and then Drift was like, that's the shark tank. <laughs> <laughs> you got to throw yourself in there in a cipher and you can't get, get out. Yeah. <laughs> that's the shark it's tank. like the octagon, basically. Throw yeah. them in the octagon and see what happens. So um, with that idea, and I, I want to bring back the ciphers and the whole yeah. like energy back. Uh, so that's why I was like, all right, the concept is lock the doors for 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and just go. And yeah. Uh, you have 30 minutes, and you have secret judges um, uh -huh. to pick top four people, yeah, uh, and just go. <laughs> mm. And then, and, and then at the end, the top four is a four-way battle, no rules, time limit. Go yeah. at it. Uh, that would be the finals, and that brought back the ciphers. <laughs> That's um, tight. At one point, um, and I moved to a bigger venue, to the Santa Clara Teen Center, and we had like nine, ten ciphers. <laughs> yeah, that's tight. Yeah. <laughs> we At some of the jams that my brother would always do, um, Cream, and he did a bunch of other ones, but, um, like, so for prelims, it always gets, like, really boring when you're doing, like, showcase battles. So we were like, man, screw that. Let's just uh -huh. do something crazy. And so he had this idea to just call up, like, 10 people or, like, 15 people. And he would just call it, like, the cipher of death. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, we're just going to go for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and just, we're only going to pick, like, two people from this, from this cipher <laughs> of death. And then it's just chaos because yeah. it's like, you, you can basically take as many rounds as you want or as little rounds as you want. And yeah. so you'd see no people rules. just, like, going... I got to do it. And they're like doing like 20 rounds or whatever. And yeah. some people are like, no, it's my turn. And it's just freaking chaos. And <laughs> we had to, we had to like slow it down a little bit and make some rules for it because people would start like really like fighting and stuff. But yeah. that crap was crazy. And so we would do probably like three different ciphers of death mm -hmm. um, every jam. And so it was like insane. That's also part of the reason why I kind of <laughs> stopped Shark Tank was because, yeah, it wasn't fun anymore. It gets crazy. Yeah. People just hogged the floor. Like, yeah. there was no etiquette for the, the etiquette circle. goes away, yeah. Yeah. When, you know, back, I had the Shark Tank. It was, okay, because Cypher Cup was for the kids. The main competition is for the kids. Yeah. And I still want to bring in the rest of the scene. So, mm. I was like, all right, let's make it like a Cypher thing, which is the Shark Tank for everybody else. And so, everybody, the older guys know, like, not to step in. You know, kind of like a little bit more respect. Yeah. And that's why it kind of worked. And uh -huh. have that energy. 
But then as time goes on, there was like no etiquette. It was like, oh, like look at me. I got to throw down. It's like, <laughs> I have a lot to prove. You know, I need yeah. to hog the floor space and not let anyone do anything. Or yeah. like, it, it, was, it was so bad. That's why I, now when I see kind of prelims, cipher prelims, it's it just not what I want to do. It's yeah, because it is chaos. Yeah, it, and for me personally, if I want to enter an event, like I don't even want to do a cipher prelim because I'm not that way of like. Yeah, I don't want to push people out of the way to prove myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think it's fun to watch, but it's not fun to do. <laughs> and if there yeah. wasn't a competition involved with it, I'm like, okay, cool. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much um and yeah now i guess um i brought it up to the level so i learned a lot from living in korea yeah um working with r16 about like the next uh, level of uh production um production value in events mm. so i see the potential of how like b-boy jams could be mm -hmm. uh, and then i took that into cypher cup where people kind of grew up a bit and then i lost that uh, <coughs> connection with the high school kids now. Yeah, yeah. So that's why Cypher Cup is more like for everybody. Mm. Um, and I decided to kind of take what take what I learned and make it the jam better and bigger. Mm. And luckily, um, I was tricking, practicing uh, at this gym in uh, San Jose. Uh, it's called Bay Area Movement. Yeah. Now they're called Sessions uh, Gym. Uh, and there were just opened up this parkour gym. It's it's amazing. Okay. Parkour free running. They had like all sorts of structures. <laughs> Is that that's the one that you do Cypher Cup at now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yep. I've seen it. Yeah. And um it was uh, like they're new and they're like trying to come up. They were trying to find different ways to like fill up the space. And then so I was like, oh yeah, um interested I'm interested in throwing a jam. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, oh yeah just yeah bring them in. <laughs> then they love the idea of having a uh, b-boy competition in there mm -hmm. um actually the other part of what got me to start throwing um cypher cup again it was um my crewmate uh my uh the new crewmates in hybrid uh lewis rahul and Janil, mm -hmm. they're the ones who like are hungry and uh it was lewis that wanted to throw a jam okay. like he was gonna do a uh random like just start a new jam mm -hmm. You're like oh i want to th just throw any jam I'm like, oh, why don't you just pick up Cypher Cup? People know about it. Yeah. And just let's keep growing. Yeah. And that's what brought me back in. And, um, yeah. And the space was amazing. Like, it's a warehouse with, like, you know, the half pipe going thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a skate park, but you can't skate in it. It's like, it's got, it's <laughs> yeah. like a padded skate park. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, spring floor. Yeah, there's so a spring floor. It's pretty cool because I saw like the, the people, like the powerheads or the trickers, sessioning on the spring floor. Yeah, and then the other part of the floor, uh, the concrete floor, like people are like that's where the jam is. Yeah, um, yeah, it was amazing. And then I had like RJ Kuro uh, RJ to um, help out um, with the lighting and the DJ. Mm -hmm. um, and the lighting actually, yeah, this is the first time I really utilized like lights from because I knew from. It just adds a lot more to the atmosphere. Yeah, it does. Um, so it turned that gym into more like a sp space. Like a, yeah, a different, totally different space. Once yeah. you add some up lights, some spotlights, um, and then RJ had this really cool um, 
spotlight with that can project the logo the projector oh yeah projects the logo uh-huh so i was like hell yeah i'm gonna project the cyphercraft logo tight. on the freaking wall yeah <laughs> that's tight yeah, so he, you can see in the picture you can see like huge like logo in the back yeah spotlights on the floor up lights on the side um and that yeah. creates a whole vibe yeah, um, he, um he was our dj for our wedding mm-hmm. and he put he brought all his lights and stuff and so yep. he had all this crazy up lighting and stuff and it was like it yeah. really transformed this place this uh it was basically like a uh, big big room barn, mm-hmm. it's like a barn room i don't know okay but yeah. it turned it into like this really nice like looking elegant shit so yeah um cool. and then on top of that I really want to, so my next, uh, like, thought about jams, if we want Breaking to grow, is to bring in the more um, casual spectators. Yeah. Um, so I want a jam that I can invite my coworkers to. I want to have a jam that I can invite my family to. Yeah. And they actually can be, you know, have a good time and chill. Mm. Um, what do you think the biggest uh, hump to get over, uh, what is the biggest hump to get over to, um, actually achieve that like what do you think is stopping them from coming so on a normal jam even my jams before the current cypher cups i wouldn't invite anyone yeah so there's a yeah a few things the reason why i don't want to invite them Uh uh-huh number one jams lag definitely number two you don't know the time schedule on top of that and number three it lasts like six to twelve hours (laughs) of it like and then um, there was very little organization in a normal jam. Um, on top of that, you have to f- squeeze your way into the circles. There's no way to sit. There's nowhere to really like have a good view of the main battle. Um, so that was what I was um, addressing was um, making sure the jams start on time. Mm-hmm. Making sure actually having a two different uh, uh, start time for the event. Mm. Uh, start time for the competitors for the prelims yeah and then the actual doors open for everything else, everything else. yeah okay. so that you know if you if i were to invite someone i was like oh come to the uh when the doors open at like six o'clock yeah but the competitors come at like three o'clock in the um, okay. afternoon that's kind of what like serge does with his uh, all the way live thing. yeah he has like the prelims where all exactly. the chaos happens mm-hmm. like way before and then he goes okay come back at like six o'clock and then we're just gonna run through this, and he—it's like a show at that point. Exactly. Like battle, 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 battle. Performance. Mm-hmm. That's battle. that's how all the uh, like jams work in Korea okay. and overseas. It's just like, yeah, the real good ones. Um, they have the prelims already run through, and then when people come to spectate, it's just a run of show. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like a program, and yeah, that's what I did. Um, for my event and try to enforce that trying to push that into our uh, community to understand this <laughs> yeah uh for normal jam and i think people get it now i, I see a lot more jams doing yeah. it now yeah and, and yeah including all the way live uh and then um what was it the other thing was i made sure um i get bleachers for the spectators the very first time i had a cypher cup at the gym they actually had those um you know the blocks mm-hmm. to learn how to uh Flip, flip over it. Yeah, all the soft blocks. Yeah, yeah, people were sitting on it, and then I, yeah, I made a little like <laughs> block where people can sit on it. Yeah, and then I brought out chairs that people can sit and watch. Mm-hmm. So that added a lot where you can just like chill and have a good view and more places to sit. 
And, so, and then the next one, I took it to the next level where I, oh, I need to get bleachers. Mm. And the crazy thing was I looked everywhere um, in NorCal to where to rent bleachers. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's no such thing as bleacher rental in NorCal. <laughs> the closest thing was in L.A. <laughs> oh, seriously? <laughs> and that was like, yeah, I called them up. And I was like, uh, so how much would it be, no, like this L.A. rental? Like, uh, coming up, probably $8,000, $10,000. And the bleachers were huge, too. I was like, uh, uh, yeah, no, I can't afford that. So I was like, because no. <laughs> they would drive it up to San yeah, Jose. That's crazy. Too. So the next best thing was um, get them this blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on these blocks, dude. <laughs> well, the next best thing was um, there's this theatrical rental place in San Jose uh-huh. where they rent out everything from lights to sets to uh, anything the- theatrical. Including choir risers. So I learned about oh, choir yeah, risers. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, perfect. And they're like, you, they are configurable where you can make a half circle yeah. or um, a straight bleacher, but on the side, like kind of like uh, coming in a little bit yeah. to the circle. So, and that was way cheaper. It was like 30, 40 bucks per section. And okay. each section could probably f- uh, sit like... I would say 30 people, 40 people. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I had like five of those sections. Tight. And that's why when you um, check out the photos, you see people like that. Yeah. It looks so much better. Makes it look cool. Yeah. And, and people actually get to sit and chill. See it. And watch. And the energy was so much more hype when yeah. you get that. When people, when the spectators come in at like later time. So they have energy. <laughs> yeah. One. And two, uh, I... Got all the cipher time before that uh, program start, mm. and so there's no kind of like dead time because cipher break is a dead time yeah. for the spectators. Yeah, for so sure. So I took that out from top eight. So there's ciphers until top eight. From top eight, there's just all the way through. Yeah, and to have a break between semis and finals, I make sure I have a show, like yeah. a showcase. Okay. To make sure the finalists have some re- um, break. Yeah, and that helps so much. Um, the year where um. Vietnam and J Rock won. Oh yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, the finals were hype. <laughs> it was really hype. Yeah, and when was the last time we saw like, uh, I mean, Silverback finals hype, uh-huh. freestyle session finals were hype. Yeah. But any local jam, like you don't really see that anymore. By the yeah. time it gets to the finals, like everyone's dead. Everyone, yeah. half the jam left. I think I remember talking to J Rock afterwards, and yeah. he's like, "Man, that was hype." I don't know why they're cheering for me. I'm old. No, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I thought that was really funny, but it's like, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if you're old or if you're not yeah. that great, but, or, um, you just, it's just the energy. Yeah. You know? It was just hype to, energy. To be honest, it doesn't really matter the level. It's as long as there's that energy and you're like, kind of like, um, on that same level with the other person yeah. and you guys are actually battling. Mm-hmm. And then you have the crowd behind you. And yeah. then you're throwing your stuff and you're feeling the music. Yeah. And the music is good. Yeah, all that was that's just the ingredients for a good jam. Exciting, <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was like, yeah, and then it's that that's the kind of jam that I can um invite my friend my normal friends to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, outside yeah. of breaking. Uh and coworkers. So I that was when I finally was able to invite people out okay. <laughs> and bring more people in. And that was like my vision for it. And the next step to that is actually having a bar. <laughs> oh, okay. There's actually a perfect venue in downtown San Jose that has huge space 
like yeah. concrete, smooth concrete floor. There's a bar on the side. There's like uh, standing tables on the side too. Uh-huh. Still enough space for like a jam. Yeah. I wanted to have it there, but uh, I talked to the venue owners and they're like five different owners and they're like, oh, we're going to give them the wedding pricing. $8,000. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> that's way over my budget. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but that would be my, my next thing to a jam is to actually have like a bar where normal people can just like chill, watch the battle whenever they want to. Um, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. bigger bleachers. Um, and even my friend suggested maybe could even have assigned seatings so that when you mm-hmm. leave, you can still leave and come back to it. And you can leave to get drinks. You can leave to get food, and you're okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And one of the cipher cups, one of the complaints were, uh, it was really hot, and it was in the summer. Mm-hmm. One of them was in the summer, and we were at capacity. The first time we were at capacity. Oh. So if you're out, there's no guarantee of going in. Yeah. So people had to like stay in, and they can't leave the uh, the bleachers. You know, if they leave, there's just risk of losing that seat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, yeah, that would be the next level for me um, for a better jam. Um, as well as bringing in different acts, different shows. Um, it could be you know, different types of performances. Uh, I really believe in exposing the scene into like more different types of talent outside of breaking. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have like the lockers come in. That's why I have the trickers come in. That's mm-hmm. why I have like, uh, I wanted to have a whole drum line come in. Oh, that's to perform. Yeah. I've seen a drum line perform and this like, it's crazy. <laughs> Did you ever have a battle to a drum line? Yo, yeah. Th- that would be dope. Yeah. I actually, one of the uh, pay, a big payback, I had a drummer. Actually, no, even the Cypher Cup, one of the Cypher Cup, I brought out a drummer. And that mm-hmm. had a lot more energy to it, yeah. too. Um, and the funny story is, one of the big payback, luckily, I had the drummer. I just had the idea, oh, we got to just have like a live drummer. Yeah. And it was that that jam that uh, it was too hot for the DJ equipment. And the DJ equipment kind of like blew out. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> But we have a drummer. Mm. So we kept, it was, it blew out in the middle of battles, but the drummer kept drumming. And so the battle kept going. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's tight. And then later on, like, yeah, we have friends that came in with like the bass line. And then we had a bass going that's to tight. F- fill in um, when, you know, Drift was trying to figure out like what was going yeah. on. Yeah. And then when we, the DJ can get back on, they can rest. And then it would cut out again. And then yeah. they would jump back on. Yeah. I always like it when there's like a live uh, band. Um, mm-hmm playing with a dj because it just feels it feels more um just like live you know because i mean obviously like a dj has a has a big job of like getting the crowd um there Mm -hmm. um but it's like it's so different when there's a a live drummer just do 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 because people are like oh dude this guy is going off like i don't know it really feels like a concert almost exactly yeah Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a real Good raw energy that like it's that's totally different. That will bring a lot to a jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so do you see? Do you see that um, happening with jams now? Like, do you think the progression of uh, becoming more spectator friendly is like where the scene is trying to go? Probably not, um, because it takes a lot to put in. You, uh, you kind of have to really invest a lot more um, time and money and resources into pushing my more, like, legitimate uh, production, uh, like, yeah, bringing up the production value of an event. Um, and because 
breaking doesn't really appeal to like a wider audience uh, by itself, mm-hmm. especially b-boy comps. B-boy yeah. competitions, like I think it's just drawn out way too long, and then because of our tradition of no a lag a jam that lags, it's a jam for the dancers. Um, yeah, it, I mean it lags because you're trying to still like have it be like a party almost mm, yeah and so but if you aren't there for the party you're just like uh what the hell is going on yeah like, i just want to see some some crazy battles exactly like, yeah it's also that party vibe um yeah. where yeah it's it's gonna be that way until we had like a really i think silverback was like the only thing that was close to it mm-hmm. that was really huge um and it was able to Live people in, yeah. um, have the lightning, uh, the lighting really amazing. Yeah, they had, had good the bleachers. Yep, have the bleachers, live stream, all that. Um, and they did it, and they, I know they did it in chunks too, where it's like, okay, here's the prelims, and it's going to be chaos now. You're going to have your cipher time. Now, at this time, exactly, people are coming in the door to come watch it, mm-hmm. and we're just going to start it. Boom, boom, boom. This is the show. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 do. And then, you know, they still run it like a, a, a jam, but it's yeah. like one after the other. It's there's no lag time anymore. You're you're yeah. done. I mean, if you can still go, pra- you know, like uh, cypher over there away from these battles because the music is still going on. But the 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 highlight now is right here with the, yeah. with the battles and stuff. But yeah, in terms of like bigger jams, I don't see that like um Right now, it's just all a lot more crew anniversaries, um, yeah. and they just want to like party, which is cool. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we're in the mindset of like trying to grow on the event event side. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure actually how uh, um, breaking is now with like the kids. So, and I know there's more like the other dances that's more popular. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know, just like the floss. <laughs> yeah um choreo yeah, it's huge yeah. um so uh, the breaking I, I don't think it's it's kind of like there's a ceiling for breaking events right now i well i kind of look at it like events started i mean they were always put on by pe- members of the community yeah and so like when the scene was much smaller back in like you know late 90s or whatever when events started popping off uh, you just had a, like say you had a group of a hundred different people that actually breaked around that area, mm-hmm. and like two guys were actually throwing competitions. They only know what they know about yep. it, and now that it's bigger, now that there's like say like a thousand people in it, you got two for every hundred now. So you got you know a whole lot more people that are trying to throw these events. So you got a lot more knowledge of mm-hmm. event planning coming in, and so as breaking evolves and like as those guys who first started it learn more and start teaching the younger guys how to throw events i think you're going to progressively get better and better and better through each generation that's what it looks like to me at least yeah um i try to help out the guys whenever possible back home um whenever they needed it um in terms of event production because i have lights and everything i could just like let them borrow Mm -hmm. to just make it better um uh, especially like yeah, floodlights, they're just like $20, right? Yeah. And a lot of jams don't really do this, but um, I think now, well, at least in the Bay Area. And 
I all I always know that I'm just gonna pack it in my car just in case. <laughs> oh, okay. Especially uh, when I'm covering or, uh, for filming. Yeah. When I film an event, I was like, nine times out of ten, probably ninety nine times out of hundred, uh, the event lighting is gonna be horrible. It's gonna be trash. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna look bad, and I was like, I, I'll need to bring my floodlights for sure to yeah. make this look right. And yeah, like certain jams I cover. Um, yeah. Look, I was glad I did. And even the photographer is glad I did. Mm-hmm. I brought the lights. And that just adds so much more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it could be little things like that. And then for... And I tried to teach when I was, like, throwing one of the cypher cups. Um, there were actually some kids are interested in learning. Mm-hmm. So I was actually build up a whole, like, deck, kind of, like, walk them through it. Why, like, not only what I'm doing, but why am I doing these things. Yeah. Um, so a jam exists not just because it exists. Um, I want it to exist for a reason. Yeah, um, yeah. And for me, jam exists because it's uh, putting, it's filling in kind of like a space that it needs, that the scene ne- needs. For example, I wouldn't just throw a random like Shark Tank. I threw Shark Tank because I thought um, the scene needed more ciphers, like real ciphers. Uh-huh. And then when the ciphers got so Cypher Prelim got way too crazy. It's like, oh, the scene don't doesn't need it anymore. So I was yeah. just like, stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And then when I throw, whenever I throw jams, I think about this. Like, um, you know, what would the scene kind of need? Does it need like another 2v2 or 1v1? Um, mm-hmm. What makes sense right now? Yeah. Um, and I don't want to add to the noise. That's the thing. I want to kind of like, Direct it's easy. It? Yeah, it's easy to add to the noise. Yeah. But I want to kind of like, Figure out where something's missing and yeah, kind of fill in that gap. Fill in the, the gap, yeah. yeah. Direct the, direct the noise to where you want it to be. Yeah. So like, um, there there was one year where I kind of skipped Cipher Cup because I felt that there was too many jams going on. Okay. Um, I only brought it back because I felt like it needs an event. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's Are you gonna do one this this year? This year. Not sure, um, actually. It's because I have other projects that's like really taking up my time. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. If I have people in um, like San Jose who really could help, like who's really hungry for an event, yeah, I would definitely hop on. But I can't just do it on my, on my own now. Okay. Yeah. Tell Raul to do it. <laughs> yeah. I told Yo, him. Raul, do it. <laughs> I know you're not watching, but you know, do it. <laughs> he's down. Um, yeah, he's starting to throw events and stuff. <coughs> yeah, I think the last one he did was pretty good. I forget the name of it, but it w- I think it went pretty um, well. Mezcla. Yeah, yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. No, that was really good. It had like a th- theater. Um, mm-hmm. I brought the lights to make sure it's like looking nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it looked amazing. It had the seating and everything too. So, uh-huh. um, and th- I definitely saw like uh, half the crowd was like more spectators than like. Before. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot. Yeah. And he was able to get people to fly out. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. We were working with Shansky, uh, another uh-huh. B-boy who's, like, really into power. Yeah. He, he loves power. Um, yeah. He, and he has, he, like, a power teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. He, like, sleeps like <clears throat> He still has the helmet. Remember when we used to carry helmets and you know who's a B-boy? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has, like, the, the, the scratches on the <laughs> top. And you're like, dude, that guy does not skateboard. He <laughs> is a B-boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably the last like dying breed of those. And he has cards. the old school helmet too, like not the one because like the old school ones were like bad as helmets because yeah. they would like 
they were too stiff and they would crack and break <laughs> when you actually like got broke off. Yeah. And so ProTech like remade the helmets with like a more like a flexible Rigid. kind of um material so that the helmet wouldn't break. Yeah. So so it's almost like a defective helmet from back in the day. And so he has those. Those were really good because they were mm-hmm. stiff and you could like spin better. But <laughs> yeah, and he's still, I, I don't see that anymore. I yeah. remember used to like, oh, you know, he's a b-boy with like. A little uh, helmet strapped on the side. Yep. And I was there, too. And then he's still at it. And then he was so into it. He came up to me one, one time. He's like, yo, I want to throw uh, a power j- uh, competition. Yeah. But I have no pull. I was like, um, and he was like, can we try to do that for Cypher Cup? And I was uh-huh. like, you know what? At first, I was like, how many power heads would this, like, make it worth it? Yeah. Like, to make a comp out of it in Cali. Yeah. Know? But then I was like, you know what? Cypher Cup has never been about high level or anything. Mm-hmm. It's really about energy. So I was, I was like saying, are there enough guys who can just have like that same energy that can like bring it? Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. if they're like crazy good or not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I think so. And then, yeah, he was able to list out things, guys that he wanted to bring out. Tight. And actually, and it turned out to be one of the hypest part of was. Uh, last year's Cypher Cup. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he started going crazy with it now. <laughs> going to different jams, yep. organizing different um, power battles. Uh, yeah, bringing out people. And I was able to help uh, bring out this kid from Denver. Um, his name is Angel. Oh, um, yeah, that kid is crazy. Dude, yeah. I th- Okay, I first met him at Silverback in 2017. And I was like, damn, who's this kid? Like, I thought he was like some big name that I never knew about. Yeah. But no one knew about him. And I was like, yo, yeah, you need to like get out, like compete everywhere now. And I was able to bring him out, and I'm so glad I did, and everybody just loved him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, that that guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. He looks like he can actually fly. Oh, the air that he gets, it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like... Like, he color. has some cheat codes on or something. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. Like, let me get that cheat code real quick. It's the mile high uh, cheat code. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, like, damn, dude. Um, so, okay, one thing you mentioned uh, was... Uh, filming because you are involved with stance which is um i would say probably the biggest or one of the biggest youtube channels that puts out battles um now internationally um you guys go out there and film all these things um how did you get involved with it and like what's what's your guys's like vision with that and how's it going yeah um so when i moved to korea uh i started filming for uh strife because mm-hmm. um, my girl at the time was part of Strife, and so I just I I need I knew in college I learned how to like film and all that, so I was like oh, I can hop on and film some battles and all that, and so I started filming R sixteen jams in Taiwan, jams mm-hmm. in uh, China, um, and so we grew, and it was Daniel Zhu that was like really brought Strife to where it was. Yeah. So everyone really thinks that it was Daniel Zhu who's like the founder of Stripe, but it's actually the original founders. They were they were b boys, but they okay. kind of like moved on in you know, the Hollywood uh, scene, okay. moving on to different things, different projects. Yeah. Okay. And so when we want to just keep pushing it, uh, we decided to do our own thing. Do your own uh, thing because separate. ultimately Stripe is not ours. Yeah. And so we're like, you know what? We need to start something uh, that's our own. Yeah. Um, something that you know, the founders would be still be active uh-huh. in the scene, yeah. that it's documenting. Um, so that's why, and it's kind of hard because it was 2014 when Strife had like 
100,000 subscribers back then. Uh-huh. And then we had to go back to zero. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the thing was... Um, if you put I, the content out there, people find it. The other difference, though, is um, I believed in this uh, new project, which became Stan's, uh, was because it was Daniel Zhu. Um, He was the one that took Strife to where it it was. And then he, along the way, he created all these connections. Mm. And he's just like embedded into the scene um, at that point. And so I was like, yeah, if anything, um, it would work out. And so, yeah, um, it was me, uh, Daniel Zhu, um, Miss Lee, uh, Anderson, and Chaz from uh, the UK, uh, Doi, um, those guys. We are like, uh, the guys that, the main videographers back then. Yeah. Um, that start Stripe. That's, yeah. Sorry, Stance. Uh, and then with the help of uh, Cross, with the help of uh, Ivan, Ivan was uh, Ivan and Remind. Um, oh, it was Ivan that helped us really bring uh, get our name, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Stance Elements. Uh, so oh, he gave that name to you guys. He, he helped us come up with the name. Oh, that's we, tight. we were kind of like throwing names around, and then Ivan was like, "Yo, I like this. Uh, I like Stance. Like the B Boy Stance." But yeah, Ivan is crazy. Stance everything. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it was, it was actually when Daniel Zhu, Cross, Ivan, they were all in Vegas, like, throwing around names. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I was, like, kind of, like, in the chat, too, um, putting it all together. And, yeah, so we started from there, started from zero. Um, but Daniel had a lot of content lined up. Yeah. You know, he he films, like, 24-7. This guy oh, yeah. films and edit 24-7. But there's yeah. not jams going on 24-7. What else the is thing he is, filming? The backlog oh, okay. of all the things, you know, you it's easy to film, but it's another thing to finish your edits. Uh, it's another thing to put it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, I thought you were going to say he has some OnlyFans thing. <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, th- I remember there were uh, other videographers from before our time. Yeah, yeah. They had, like, secret footage... Um, but they weren't able to put it out because it's just so much. Like it's easy to film, but to process them, to cut them yeah, up, yeah, to edit it's it, a lot. It's a big process. Yeah. So there's still like old school footage that we've never even seen. That yeah. it's like in the archives because of the last part. It's editing is kind of rough. But anyways, um, yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, Daniel Zhu, he's a big fan of the dance. He loves mm. the dance, um, and so he documents it. And for me. No, I love the dance, but in a way that I want to be part of I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the person to kind of like um, document it document, all the time. Yeah. I just want to be dancing <laughs> instead of filming it. Uh-huh. But he's on the other side where like he loves to just like, he, he's like fanboy of like all That's the parts of the dance. Yeah. And he loves the certain crews uh-huh. of certain dancers. He loves following up with them. He makes friends with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was like, yeah. yeah no. The scene needs someone to document because yeah. it's like, if if we're not documenting it, like I look at it like this, this breaking is very young. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is very young in terms of like other cultures and stuff. And a hundred years from now, it's still going to be around. Mm-hmm. And you look at it now, we are in the <clears throat> infancy of it. And so if we're not documenting it, People 100 years from now are going to be like, dude, what was it like when breaking was only like 
at this point, 50 years old, right? Yeah. Uh, what was it like then? Dude, I don't know. There's nothing that <laughs> exists really. And definitely like before YouTube, like what the heck? That's not even that long ago, but where's the footage? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I got some random VHS tapes, but yeah, it's um, like a lot of that stuff is lost, I think. Yeah. Uh, and especially, yeah, I, I feel like bef yeah, before YouTube, a lot of... Um, it's word history. of mouth, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really whose rep survived <laughs> the <Ye> times. <laughs> yeah, yes, for sure. No, <laughs> like that's actually why I really started this podcast is because mm -hmm. I want to like get those stories out there and yeah. like have it documented somewhere. And so like, I've been, I've been trying to reach out to a lot of um, OGs and stuff and definitely guys that haven't had their story told a lot. Like I just had ACE on uh, ACE from master movements. He oh, yeah. taught like Cujo and stuff and yep. Rob Zilla had him on recently had a big conversation with him. But anyways, like getting those people on, I think is really important to just document what's going on. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, this kind of work, there is no money in breaking. <laughs> yeah. And the breaking scene, you know, it's a lot of egos, a lot of drama, uh -huh. a lot of um, things you have to kind of go through in terms of even today's media, like internet media. It's just, you really have to do it for the love. Oh, uh, yeah. And to really stick for this long. And right now, yeah, we're coming up with like, each of us probably over 10 years of being, documenting the scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. And you've been we, breaking for probably like almost 20, right? 18, oh yeah. 19, 20. That's yeah, like how much I, I think I've been breaking 18 years. Or yeah, 19. almost 15, like at least 15 for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's, no, a lot of the people, like, I think people kind of like see stance like, oh, we're so big. And like, um, there must be, um, no, rolling in, or whatever but really breaking it's it's not quite there to yeah, really no, uh, sustain yeah. ourselves like all of us um at stance we are doing this as a side mm -hmm. like i right now i'm like uh you know a software engineer on the side mm -hmm. um to support what i want to do yeah um, yeah and then everybody else is the same you know, they have a, another job yeah. to help sustain them but we are working on really trying to grow and be able to Hire ourselves full time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're working on that. Um, Do you think it's gonna get there? Actually, we might um, because there are is, there are an increased uh, interest in breaking mm -hmm. and like hip hop and movement and like and as stance, we're not just hip hop. We kind of want to make that clear. We're not only hip hop. Yeah. Um, we are. It's pretty much we're a group of friends who document things that we think are super cool. Yeah, including tricking. <laughs> yeah, so okay. tricking's not really hip hop. So, but it's like we—that's we're also in that community as yeah. well, um, and also uh, all all the other things that we think are cool. Like we—that's what you see on the channel. Like, um, mm -hmm. although we most, I would say probably all of us are b boys on the team. Okay. <laughs> that's why you see all b boy footage. Yeah. Um, but if we did have like someone who's like a popper then we would love to feature more like popping footage mm. if you have someone who's like more like maybe a shuffler um mm. we would love to have someone who can help get that part of um um uh, into stance okay um yeah so pretty much uh that's the vision um we don't really have actually we don't really have a vision right now it's just really <laughs> whatever we think is cool we'll just yeah we put out because 
in the end of the day, like uh, we want to do something that really excites us. Um, so sure. that's why we don't really have like a coherent like vision. It's like, oh, we want to be the uh, the best at this, or we want to do that, or yeah. It just comes down to we're a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this year we are going to try tighten that, that up a little bit because as we take on bigger um, gigs, yeah. uh, we need to be a little bit more organized. Um, so we're working on that and be able to expand and go beyond just like a group of friends I guess, mm-hmm. because um our channel has grown um by a lot uh, yeah, this past yeah. <laughs> since two, 2014 um on all channels like we oh. we really bank on facebook so our facebook page is pretty big instagram mm-hmm. and now we just started tiktok um Oh, you guys got a TikTok too? Yeah. Dude, TikTok is weird as hell. I don't mm-hmm. understand. I mean, I don't have a TikTok or anything, but yeah. like everything I see on TikTok is like weird. I don't understand. Well, now a lot of the viral stuff or the like the funny content comes from TikTok. Yeah. So it reminds me of like maybe Vine, but yeah, kind of different. It, it's pretty much like uh, Vine, but um, I think what first it was it, before, well, TikTok merged with Musically. And before, like, I oh, think okay. they merged the idea of putting music on top of your videos in different ways, in different okay. and creative ways. Yeah. And then when they merge into TikTok, that even pushed it even more. Okay. So there's a lot of creative content on there. Um, mm. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I have to admit, I spend a lot of time on there. Just oh, like, really? <laughs> yep. Uh, because it's, uh, there's so many like funny stuff. Um, yeah. There's funny skits. They're like, Really good dancers on there too. Mm. Really good mu- uh, music producers on TikTok mm. that create like amazing music, uh, creative content on there. Okay, I was like, I was mind blown um, yeah. by the things that are on there. On there, yeah. um, and then yeah, it's just it's a different way of creating content because the app itself um, is really unique in mm-hmm. the way that how you can record, add effects, yeah. um, dub music over. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool a platform. I would say. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm like so confused about social media. I like yeah. <laughs> about like five or six years ago, I was just like, oh, I gotta stop using this stuff. It's like, <laughs> it, it, it seemed like an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I read a bunch of stuff where they're comparing it to a gambling addiction. I was like, okay, I gotta just stop this before it gets like crazy. Mm-hmm. Not that I was addicted to it or anything, mm-hmm. but it was just like. I could see it happening, so I just kind of stopped a lot of it. I still use Facebook once in a while because, yeah. like, my whole family is there and it's easy to communicate with them, and yeah. a lot of people are there. So, yeah. um, social media, no, it's true. There is a downside to I don't, having. I just don't understand it anymore. <laughs> my take on it is like, um, you know, with the internet, you know, there's some pros and cons. The pros is we have access to so much information, and yeah. we have a bigger platform to express ourselves in. So it's just different ways of expressing ourselves uh, in more ways. Um, On the other side of it is uh, if you get trapped into, there's so many things coming at you and you don't even know what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that real filter or you don't have that real like compass of like, you know what? You know, this is not real life. This guy is just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He he makes it seem better than it actually really like is or whatever. Um, you kind of have to kind of know about that. If not, it could. That's why I feel like um, there's a higher rate of depression and there's mm. like higher rate of suicides because oh, of how much 
we are exposed um, uh, and how much yeah. we're like we have access to yeah and the kind of voices that are on the internet like they're amplified so uh-huh. there are good and bad voices that's now being like out there amplified yep. yeah huh that's interesting yeah I so the, that. that's why like i feel like growing up nowadays as like kid it's a lot to deal with um it's definitely different than when i was a kid because it was like you know when i was 12 years old or whatever it's yeah. like i couldn't go on tiktok and be like ah, i'm gonna make a <laughs> video and then everybody's gonna dislike it and i'm gonna feel like shit it's more like my mom would be like go outside and dig a hole and i'm like okay cool i'll go dig a hole yeah now you know how you know back then like you know we have a social life that we kind of have to deal with yeah but now it includes social media that's your part of your social life yeah right? yeah yeah so it's yeah, uh, I, I feel like it's a bit much, when if, especially if you don't know what's good or, like, what, what would be healthy for you or yeah. what's not. Um, I guess that's good that I don't use social media that much then. Yeah. Um, I think it's just I never cared what people thought, so I was like, yeah, whatever. I was able to um, kind of filter out, like, the... So I'm all about good energy versus, yeah. like, whenever I see something that's, like, along the lines of, like, oh, it's not something I would want have around me yeah. i would block it off or like mm. i would filter that out and then so now i have just like and yeah within social media you can create your own echo chamber yeah, yeah, yeah. what you want to sure. see so your own you can create your own bubble so i kind of wow. created that and I'm like <laughs> you know <laughs> it's my bubble would be dance funny dance skits okay. funny dance videos um music music production Man. and uh yeah i could see myself if i Comedy. was like all on social media being like a freaking internet troll <laughs> just trolling people <laughs> yep because that would be fun but there are a lot of people like that yeah <laughs> um uh so we're hitting an hour and 15 minutes at this point okay but um and we should probably wrap up soon but i wanted to talk to you about music production before yeah. we close out because mm-hmm. i know that you started producing music um uh, when did you do that it was, it's a year now. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's recent. Um, it's something that's new. Um, music has always been really intimidating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even back then when someone was showing me how to spin on vinyl, it's just like, it's a bit much. And then like the collection of music is just like so vast. It's like yeah, an yeah. ocean um, that you can just dive in the deep end. So that was just like way too much for me. The most I've uh, ever dabbled in was just like, doing small mixes for perform- dance performances. Yeah, yeah. So that was the most I'd ever did before that. But what really inspired me now was um, uh, electronic music. Mm-hmm. So me and two of my friends in L.A., um, we started going out to uh, shows, mm. to events. Um, so our first uh, event that uh, really changed us was, uh, it's a, a festival called Cross Festival in San Diego. Mm. And um, I, sh- it was actually my friend. He's also a b boy. Okay. Uh, he never was into electronic music. Mm. He thought all the uh, like electronic music are like EDM, uns uns type of music because we met in Korea, and all the electronic music in Korea was just trash. All the club uh, music was trash. Yeah. So I I don't blame him, but um, his girlfriend now um, brought him to like a show. Um, it's like a seven line show. And then I showed him another artist, uh, Griffin, Griffin from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And his mind was blown. 
<laughs> he's flipped. He's like, oh, it's not just uns uns. You can actually have like feels and more um, yeah. melodies and more feelings, and it's not just like party music. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So that's uh, me seeing him kind of like flip one eighty and going to like all the raves, all the events, mm. really like has all the energy for all, all of this and that really started got us like wanting to be more involved yeah and then we have another friend that's already learning how to do music mm-hmm. um and that got us into it yeah, yeah so um and i have to say like the music that's coming out now is it's another golden era you know how we always it is yeah yeah because of how technology um allows us to do more yeah. Uh, there's so much more possibilities and it's connected genres is what i've seen is like you get some weird stuff where it's like electronic music yep. mixed with like i don't know some wild freaking death metal or whatever and you're <laughs> yeah. like what the heck is this but it sounds kind of crazy and yeah just, people are experimenting then, a lot what what really um i got into electronic music uh, um was actually m- partly because of a game who got into house way before i did uh-huh. uh and house music was really my anchor into electronic music um, and actually, with the history that I know, electronic music uh, originated, um, f- like, has a lot uh, of it owed to house music, uh, Chicago house, mu- house music, uh-huh. um, disco. Uh, so that's just another thing. And I love that music, and I love the culture, and I love the dance, house dancing, mm-hmm. freestyling, um, the club culture. Um, yeah, so all of that, and then back then, uh, I got into house in 2010, and then I was exposed to new music through this, um, ch- uh, YouTube channel called Majestic Casual, mm-hmm. um, in 2012, okay. and that opened me up to like a whole new sound, like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's not fully, like, because I was exposed to house music, and then, like, you no know, dubstep and all that, but... Majestic Casual brought in another different type of sound that's uh-huh. like a mix of hip hop, a mix of uh, yeah, like different parts of electronic. I don't even know, uh-huh. and pop. So yeah, I was always inspired by the new sound, um, but never really like got into it until I have like friends to learn with. So that's another thing. If yeah, like, yeah, you have yeah. someone, it's the same with breaking. It's a lot better to learn with friends. You uh-huh. learning new things is so much more fun with people. And music has this amazing impact on people. And I've seen at events how music has affected people. And I kind of like, oh, dude, I know. And then let's try it. And then it's, it's amazing how you have tools on your like, fingertips that yeah. could do that. Like bring thousands and thousands of people out yeah. and make them feel something. Yeah, that's yeah. tight. Yeah. No, I, I look at music <laughs> as like, is like dancing to me. Yeah. I've been doing music production for maybe like about a year too. Mm-hmm. Um and like I, I guess well I started when I was um in high school DJing. I learned how to DJ like basically as I learned how to break. Yeah. Um we would sometimes bring turntables to our practice and just you know one guy would DJ and then next guy would switch out and then people were practicing as it. So it was pretty <laughs> fun me and my brother and a couple other people would do it. Um I started DJing, actually learning how to uh, DJ um, in back in September, October. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've been meaning to pick it back up because when I learned it was before like Serato and stuff. And so I don't know really how to use any of that crap. I just yeah. have vinyl mm-hmm. 
And I don't even have a big collection of vinyl, but I just had a lot of like breaks and crap. Yeah. And um, I learned on some pretty crappy turntables and stuff, and I had a pretty crappy mixer, but you know, I, I did guess, what I could. I guess my DJing is like um, more mixing and song selection okay. versus like actual like turntablism or like yeah. actual DJing with like vinyl. Yeah. But I'm more interested in, yeah. Song selections and like uh, interesting transitions Tight, um, yeah. between tracks and like mashups and edits. Yeah, mashups. Um, yeah, things that you can that is fresh. Um, yeah, because I'm just blown away by just kids who produce like bangers from their bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. has millions of like hits and it worked really well. Um, it's just yeah it's amazing and i know like some people be like oh you know um music now is trash and all that but i feel like you know there's a thing that's um your the golden years is always going to be your formative years of Mm. when you grow up yeah you know between when you're a teenager to like college um those will always be your considered as your golden age for every no different that's different for everybody Yeah, yeah but no, they fail. A lot of people fail to realize to open up their ears or eyes that no, what's going on now is someone else's golden year, years. Golden yeah, era. and it's just as amazing as the generation before. You know what I like to um, remind people of is that, like, especially with hip hop, mm-hmm. it's always been kind of a counterculture. Yep, and we wanted to do something different, and so we would make our music different than what's going on now we would get influence from stuff jazz music soul music whatever yeah um and you'd pull it in and then you'd make something cool you know with it or inspired by it um and that's you know that's what our golden year was years were and nowadays they're just doing the same thing they're except they're getting influenced by the stuff that you know like we we were influenced by you know um or, 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 or what we had created. So it's yep. kind of just like stacking on itself now. And so, and they still have the counterculture to them. Cause they're like, I don't want to do what those guys did. Exactly. That's why it doesn't sound the same. And that's why people from our generation, a lot of them are like, Oh, what are these youngins doing? And it's like, dude, shut up, man. Like they're just doing what we did. And exactly. that's, you should, you should want them to do that. Cause they're, they're expressing their creativity. You don't have to like it. I mean, there's not, I don't like everything, but mm-hmm. I like what they are doing because they're, they're uh, traversing around the sounds that they hear and making something cool out of it. And a lot of times you have to travel around a whole lot of garbage to get <laughs> to something dope. And I think yeah. that the journey is still is a good one. And mm-hmm. I mean, I hear so much good music nowadays, but yeah. I know that they probably have a backlog of trash that they made. You, so You can't deny millions of plays you can't deny uh-huh. yeah if following you can't deny the fans and the culture that that music creates yeah you know music is like the backbone for a lot of different cultures for including sure. breaking like mm-hmm. if it weren't for you know dj cool if it weren't for the breaks we would not have been really breaking the way that we do yeah, yeah. um and so like yeah all these music has their own legitimacy mm-hmm. um that i it's my quirk or it's my pet peeve to see guys even our age or older be like you know trash talking kids and mm. what they create attached to trash talking their culture mm-hmm. when 
know, they went through the exact same it's thing the same when thing. they were kids. It's the same so thing. So I was like, appreciate, like, open up a bit, appreciate the beauty of everything. Yeah. Which is like, I, yeah, I was so inspired. Just, okay, the other thing is, you know, I didn't understand dubstep, the, today's dubstep. Oh, yeah, dubstep, yeah. It's the very hard, weird. The hard stuff. Uh-huh. I did not understand it. I did not understand headbanging to dubstep, which is mm. like now a thing. Um, before, I didn't think it was like a thing to even headbang to dubstep. The old dubstep was like more like a lot more grimier, a lot more, not grimier, uh, a lot more slow. Um, uh-huh. And definitely, I don't think people were headbanging to those type of dubstep. But now, um, yeah, that's what uh, you do. And I didn't understand yeah. it. I was like, I thought that wasn't my thing. I was like, dude, that's way too hard for me. Yeah. But I actually went to EDC and then that opened me up uh-huh. completely like that made me like oh i get it now like, i understand it because it's uh, you just have to be there with the people who are in it you yeah have to be immersed in that culture uh-huh. to understand like yo this is dope yeah <laughs> i was like dubstep is crazy like when i first heard it i was like what the heck is this it sounds like <laughs> Optimus Prime, like, taking a shit or something. like <laughs> Robot sex noises. Yeah, exactly. And then, but I was like, dude, this sounds hella crazy. It didn't sound like music to me at first, yeah. though, because it sounds like a bunch of, like, noises. Noises. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the more you listen to it and, like, I guess embrace, like, what they're doing, yep. it's, like, the more you appreciate it. And I think that um, once I started seeing that, I'm like, dude, this is really tight. They're taking it somewhere else. They're yeah. taking music somewhere else. They're they're doing. They're, I mean, they're. It's a counterculture. They're saying yeah. like, I want to do something different. Bam, here it is. What do you think about it? And then it evolved. And I mean, it, now I feel like so many types of styles of modern music take elements of dubstep now. Yep. Um, the the other thing uh, uh, I've grown a big appreciation for is mumble rap. Mm-hmm. Is like because. When I first heard it, I was like, dude, what the hell are they there's saying? There's no talent, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, oh, it, it sounds like there's no like, talent. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, what the hell are they doing? And then I, uh, I've i always really liked punk rock, yeah. like screaming and freaking uh, just going crazy and like basically making some inaudible kind of <laughs> noises. And then when I made the connection that, dude, punk rock is based on a counterculture, just like mumble rap is, and the same reason that they were do- making music the way that they were doing in punk rock is the same reason that they're doing it in mumble rap. I was like, dude, I can't be a hater because they're doing the same thing, but they're doing it their own way. And, yeah. and that's when I really grew a big appreciation for it. Oh, exact same. Um, and I started listening to actually what create helped me appreciate that um, music and that genre a lot more yeah. was uh, the covers, the covers of those uh, songs. Uh-huh. Uh, like the acoustic covers, yeah, that really brought out the different elements and the melodic uh, and the composition. It is very um, melodic, actually. Yeah, a lot of it. And I was like, dude, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then, um, and you know, the issues, the, the lyrical content. It's just, it's kind of like the same. How you no, know, our and back in our days, you no, know, all the hip hop was just about booty hoes and <laughs> uh, cash money and all that it's a shout out to cash money yeah. <laughs> i love cash money <laughs> yeah so it's 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 yeah it's a different flavor it's just um and I, it, it, there's so much good talent uh and there's a reason why they're big because the kids connected to it people connected to it on a different level on an emotional level yeah on uh you know a 
a level that makes them feel a certain way, like yeah, makes yeah. them feel good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's for me truly what music is is mm-hmm. uh, the goal of music is to move people, mm-hmm. and if it moves anybody, you've uh, you've accomplished your you know, your goal as a musician. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah no. And it doesn't matter w- how you get there. You know, yeah. there's a meme that says, uh, "Oh, DJs are not real musicians; they're just pushing buttons." And then <laughs> the meme was like. And then the pianist like, <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Though. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, piano's just pushing buttons. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 diff- It's crazy. Yeah. And things are moving so fast that we just don't mm-hmm. understand, uh, or some people just can't embrace that change. How like the more things change, the more they're kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when I make music, I get into the mentality as if I was going to dance and I just sit in front of my keyboard. A lot of times I don't have anything in mind. I just have a feeling that I have. And then I'll just like kind of scroll through some different like uh, sounds and stuff. And I'll be like, okay, this is cool. Or maybe like I'll just make a sound. And then I just start playing or whatever and then like stuff just happens for me and then i'm like okay i kind of like what i'm playing and whatever and then i'll just like record it and then just play around with it and that's how i just make my all of my stuff and i don't care if it's trash Uh it's trash i mean we gotta all we all gotta start somewhere uh for any artistic endeavor you just keep pushing it go through your phases your learning phases and then yeah um and I'm actually surprised. I, I just love the. I'm just soaking in so much knowledge f- about music now that I'm surprised uh, that I've be able to even talk about music. Mm-hmm. Um, because a year ago, I just that's just like too like I it was yeah. too much for me. <laughs> but it's it's. I think it's very similar to dancing though, and mm-hmm. because because I'm a dancer, I think I understand music pretty, pretty like on a. Um, subconscious level sort of because it's like you already know how music is composed because you dance to it and so you like know you know the kind of patterns that make something sound good and so now instead of listening to someone else's music you're like okay how do i do that okay i know the pattern okay i like these notes together bam now that's Uh, music you know i think i've always been kind of like musically challenged i didn't never really had the ear and then even Mm -hmm. when i'm dancing um i feel like it's there i let my body react to it yeah but i'm not consciously like uh soaking in the types of patterns or the type of melodies or oh, okay what's going on in the song um usually when i dance i let my body react okay i is. always like to listen like when i dance i'll t- pull in a song mm-hmm. and i'll you know i'll try to pick out all the sounds in it like here's the drums you know, here's the snare. It goes on this pattern. Here's yeah. like hi hats. Do do do. It goes on this pattern. Yeah. And, okay. Here's a horn, and it's doing this. And then here's the bass line. It's doing that. So I try to pick out every layer of the song, and it makes you be able to dance better. I think because now you go, okay, I'm gonna follow the bass line right now. Now I'm gonna go hit all these snare beats or whatever. Now I'm gonna focus on this horn sound. Do and uh, I don't know just. Being able to pick that out in a song yeah, is helps, really helpful yeah. because when you go in and create it, now you go, okay, I know what good music sounds like with all these layers. Now I'm going to make my own kind of thing. I want to have a layer that's, 
you know, in a high frequency. Okay. Yeah. I want to do this. I want to have some low frequency stuff, you know, whatever. And then you just layer it all together and then yeah. just play around. It's, it's, it's fun. Cause you're just playing yeah. really. That's crazy. Yeah. You definitely have an ear <laughs> for it. <laughs> uh, I had to learn like, yeah, how to like even listen more analytic analytically. Yeah. Do you think you're better at that now? Uh, no, because that's not my automatic uh, mode oh. of listening to music. I just, when I listen to it, I just like follow, kind of probably like a normal listener. Mm-hmm. Just follow the lead or just like go with the mood of the song. Yeah, yeah. But never really, if I, were, if, I need, if I were to break apart, I really had to like put mental energy into like, all right, I need to break this apart. Yeah. This is what's going on here and that's mm-hmm. a layer and here's a layer. Yeah. But a normal listening, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, when I first started doing it, it wasn't, easy but yeah. eventually it just became natural to to like do it oh, because okay. you'll hear something and then you'll hear like a random sound and you're like oh where is that going Doo-doo-doo. and then you follow it oh i didn't even notice that it did this and then stuff like that so i don't know and it's fun to just figure should, out yeah that. i i should uh really get on that and that's more like i i think that's what they call uh ear training mm-hmm. um and i should be more conscious of it they work on my ear training <laughs> dude just yeah. listen to the radio and do it i do yeah. it all the time because yeah. it's like uh you'll hear just a song that's just playing all the time mm. on the radio or whatever and um you know how the song goes so yeah. then you don't need to pay attention to like what is obvious in the song so yeah. now you go okay i want to find out what's deeper into it mm. so then sometimes you'll try to follow like sometimes i just try to follow one drum sound yeah. like what is the snare doing? Do, do, do. Sometimes it's really simple. Sometimes it's kind of crazy. Sometimes it's in some weird pattern that doesn't even make sense. Um, but you never noticed that before. Yeah. Because it, it's not the most obvious thing. So, yeah, I, I would say just f- pick out a sound in it and just try to I, follow I think it. that's part of being in the moment and really be present because I think when I listen to music, I, I would be like, something else is going on. Yeah, yeah. I would be thinking about something else. Yeah. <laughs> so... It was actually a popper that taught me how to do that. Um, okay. His name is Brandon Greathouse from Sacramento. Uh, he's a nobody, if you know who that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got an amazing ear, and yeah. I don't know. He just taught me how to do that, and I don't know. I'm not as good as him yeah. by any means, but, like, yeah, he really helped me understand yeah, music. I, I was, yeah, I took that advice uh, yeah. and really work on that, um, yeah, listening more intently and following a journey of a song through a sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dope. <laughs> well, we've been going for about dang over an hour and thirty minutes. Um, My so bad. We probably, no, dude, that's good. I think this has been a really good show. Yeah. Um, so, is there any shout outs you want to do, or like anything you want to plug before we close the show? Yeah, I guess. Listen to my shitty outro. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to Hybrid Crew, all the San Jose B Boys, A One Crew, uh, A One, yeah, another crew I'm part of. Uh, Stance, you know, we are out here trying to make things happen. And it's all out of love through uh, everything that we do. And also, um, uh, if you listen to electronic music, um, Red Flags is our group name. And that's on SoundCloud? Yep, SoundCloud, Red Flags, with the three instead of the E. Dope. Okay, (laughs) there it is, man. Thank you for being on the show. I'm really glad that you're on. I'd love to have you back to talk about all these kinds of things more and, you know, as... uh, Bigger things happen in the scene. Um, I'd like to get your take on it. Definitely, like, with breaking coming into the Olympics soon, I think yep. that that's uh, it'd be an interesting thing to talk to you about. For sure. Um, and then, um, 
Yeah, so thank you for being on and thank you guys for listening. Uh, peace.